0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. How many enjoyed last year? (laughs) Oh man, challenging, challenging. Um, challenging if you're a mother or father, if you had a job, and uh, really not being around one another, we found that really the church is essential. Amen? I mean, we knew that, but really it drives it home even that much more. Honestly, through that with our own church, I preached about the 10 reasons. It took about 10 weeks. Uh, the church is essential. That really can only be a function of the local church and uh, one of that is just doing what you're doing here. You can hear it online, and maybe some are here today, and they are at our church every week. But uh, when you can embrace one another, when you can look in somebody else's eyes, when you can um, <laughs> feel somebody breathing on you, good or bad, <laughs> it, 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 it's something to your soul. Amen. It makes you feel real. It makes you feel um, cared about. And then, guess what? You can care about somebody else, and you can do that, yes, online, but there's so many advantages. Well, with that, um, I preached again another series this last year, and it's just about mental health. I'm not a mental health expert. Um, I have counsel, just like dad, mom, my wife, any minister, for many years, you know, all different kinds of reasons and and uh, engagements, it's ongoing, discipleship, it's, it's your joy as a minister, but it's also your burden, because, you know, you, if you care about people, you get burdened, you get burdened by them. Um, uh, my wife's always said, uh, when I come home, maybe I hug her a little bit more, I hug her a little tighter, and she goes, did you counsel somebody today? And uh, to, <laughs> if you understand a little bit, because sometimes when you counsel people, you're glad your life's not as messed up as theirs is what I'm telling you, okay? So that's, that's part of the blessing, I, I, you know, but you get to help people. Um, I'm just rambling here for a second. Uh, but truth is, um, mental health is really at an all-time low. I don't know if you read the statistic, and I'm going to just give you a website that you can look up later. It's called medium.com. It's ac- actually a Catholic study, but uh, maybe you've heard about this, maybe you've mentioned it, is that the only group or the only demographic that actually improved in mental health in the last year, 2020, are those who consistently attend religious services. True story, true story. The only group, every other group, went down. Duh. (laughs) Uh, God's real. His word is powerful. Um, When we're around the people of God, it makes a huge difference. You're in the right place here this morning. Don't give up on it. Don't quit. Uh, You need to hear God's word. Um, So title of my message, just simple uh, Bible medicine for the soul. It's just a short list of things that can affect our mental health and things I've dealt with. You've dealt with. Some of you have gone through these personally. I've not gone through these personally, but I've counseled many people over the years. Uh, Childhood abuse, whether it be sexual, physical, mental We've all experienced that um, trauma, neglect, uh, social isolation, loneliness, discrimination. Uh, Of course, there's the normal things, poverty, debt, bills, uh, bereavement, loss, death. I mean, we we can't escape most of these things, can we? It's just part of life. Separation, health, uh, again, anxiety, sickness, worry, long-term stress. And then there's those normal things that you're familiar with. Maybe you've gotten medication for these over the years, and it's, it's kind of the common to man, uh, hormonal imbalances uh, and deficiencies, vitamin, mineral. Uh, and uh, these are all, uh, on one range or the other, um, normal and common, like the Bible says, to man. Um, so what do we do, and how do we cope with the stress? Well, many people, obviously, will go to a bottle, right? Other people go to sex. Other people just get really busy, and I can drown it in busyness and my career, you name it. But I'll tell you what, for the child of God, you've got so much more available to you. And so I'm not, again, an an expert in this, but I have seen so much. And just the statistic I shared with you, um, we do not tap into the power of the Word of God, the power of our friend, the person of the Holy Spirit, and uh, the power of Almighty God, who is in such huge control of everything. And honestly, the more you tap into the news and see everything that, that's on out there, you, it, it is a distraction. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but it's a distraction, a diversion from God for you. And uh, the more you avail yourself to the Word of God, the more you will find peace, right? And you'll find mental health. But it's got to be consistent, just like you got to take the medicine. How I many you ever had an infection, you had to take some medicine? Did you finish the prescription? <laughs> if you didn't, they say, well, then you're more uh, vulnerable to it coming back. Um, that's the same thing spiritually. We'll jump right into it here today. You've got to consistently take your medicine. And, uh, and I'm not the doctor. Uh, Jesus is. But uh, seven biblical truths to restore our souls daily almost give you a handout, but if you want to remember these, I encourage you to just write them down. Very simple. Uh, Many of you already apply them. But since we're talking about the soul, uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living what? He became a living soul. That word soul is suke, and it means breath of life. In other words, God animated dirt from his power. Something that maybe you've missed when it comes to the new birth. The new birth means that you were dead in trespasses and sin. If you got saved, Adam is a direct creation of God. And the word in the Hebrew is um, benai Elohim. It means a direct um, creation of God. The angels are direct creations of God. Adam was a benai Elohim. He's a direct creation of God. When you were lost, you're, you're a son or daughter of Adam, but when you get born again, you have the Holy Spirit of God take up residence in you, you become a ben-i Elohim, a direct creation of God. Amen. You became a, a new creation. It's the new birth is what the Bible calls. Uh, again, um, you're, you were of Adam, now you're of God. But you get a new ho- a new soul, and soul means, in suke there, it means heart, it means, it's synonymous through the Bible, you see the word soul, most of the time, when you see soul, it means heart, it means mind, it means your conscience, it means your character, um, I mean, very synonymous, and so we need to see that, and as you read the Bible, it'll really open it up a little bit to you uh, on that, uh, that level. Solomon said in Proverbs seventeen twenty two. he says, a merry heart does good like a what? A medicine. So when he says heart, he says a merry heart, we think of that, but a merry soul does good like a medicine. In other words, when you keep your soul healthy, um, you're going to be medicine for yourself and everyone else. It's not about you. Um, Proverbs 15, 13, a merry heart is, uh, gives a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart is the spirit broken. The first of the biblical truths, I just want to jump right into them this morning, is um, you need to remind yourself every day that there's a bigger picture than you can observe. There's a bigger picture. Look at the big picture. In other words, focus on eternal things. Uh, We're reminded constantly of Scripture. Paul, Jesus, we'll look first here at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. He says, for we for this cause, we think not, Paul says, but though our outward man perishes, what's he mean there? But though our outward man perishes, these bodies get old and decay, right? They get hurt. Uh, they, they put on weight. doesn't matter what you do. It is from the time of birth, these bodies start decaying. Amen? They start decaying. But he says, though the outward man perishes, and, and it's just natural because of the curse, the inward man The soul, he says, is renewed day by day. So let me ask you, is your inward soul being renewed day by day? You say, well, there was a time, there was a moment, or yes, if I miss church, my soul is, I'm not good for the week. Anybody else say amen to that? Uh, You've got friends who need Christ, and they need to experience the same joy and the same love and meet this family and this pastor and his wife. Just wonderful family. He says, our spirit the inward man is renewed day by day. And then he says our light affliction is just for a moment. What does that mean? On the scale of eternity. The things we go through, it hurts our soul, it hurts our life, it hurts our mind, but it's just on the scale of eternity. It's a light affliction, it's just for a moment. It works for us a far more than exceeding weight of glory. Considering eternity, if you put a rope here and put a little knot in it, If you stretch that rope out for a million miles, this life would be that little knot. But of course, a million miles is just the beginning of eternity. We get so wrapped up with job, kids, career. And listen, that's our life. And it's a gift, by the way. It's it's not to be taken for granted. But the reason you've been given it is to glorify God. Amen. And so we see here very clearly, he says, we don't look at the things uh, which are seen. But the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, what you need to remember is that only the words of God and the souls of men are eternal. Somebody say amen to that. The only two things that we have really, besides obviously God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, is the words of God and the souls of men. Your soul is eternal. Uh, This word is eternal, but we we get cranked down pretty hard about our health, which is not eternal. Even the choices of people, whether saved or lost, and we get way behind the eight ball with people and what we think about them. Now listen, sin is sin, there's no doubt, but listen, there's only two eternal things. It's the truth of God's word and the souls of men. And so if you will keep that in mind every day of your life, you're going to do yourself a service. You know the shepherd psalm, Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me if you know it. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He what? He restores my soul. Well, how? Well, by all these things right here, by the still waters, by righteousness, uh, even though I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You are with me. You comfort me, he says. So we see that theme all through the Bible about a restoration, about soul health, the mind, the will, the consciousness being whole again. Well, then why aren't we? Amen? Why aren't we? Why do we sit in our chairs and worry and stew and grieve and, and have anxiety and stress just like anybody else? And by the way, it's common to man. The lost as well as the saved. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have burdens. But the bottom line, and I'm not saying that all challenges you can just wish away and, and pray away. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is God is enough for your challenge. Amen. And when you look on eternal things by comparison in the scope of life and eternity, this pain, even though it's painful, is just a little bit of time. Amen? Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Number two, seven things to restore your health. Not only should we look to eternal things and not just the day by day is, uh, by the way, that's why you need, we're going to get on it here in just a minute, that's why you need a close relationship with Christ because you will see the eternal. Number two, you need to put your hope and faith in God. Simple points, but so true. Hope and faith in God. I'm going to open this up here just a little bit. Psalm 42, 11. I think, guys, I had nine on the on the um, sheet. But he says, why are, David, the psalmist, says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Cast down just simply means to crouch or sink or stoop or be uh, exerted uh, in grief. He says, why are you cast down or crouched down, O my soul? My soul. And why are you disquieted, murmur? And disquieted means to murmur or or uh, to be stirred or agitated in me. He says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Do you hear that? He says, only God is the health of my soul and my countenance and my God. Let me tell you what, if you got a check in the mail Monday tomorrow with um, 20 extra thousand dollars, you're gonna have a smile on your face. <laughs> Amen? I mean, that just even thinking about it, put a smile on your face. But the truth of the matter is, that's all temporary, right? I mean, you probably just got another stimulus, <laughs> but guess what? That already went to bills or shotgun or something else. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever you put it toward. Bottom line is uh, that's all temporary. It only lasts for just a little bit. God, almighty God. Why, Why God? Because your, he's your creator. Colossians 1 says he's your sustainer. By him, all things consist or are held together. Corey ten Boom said this, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look at the news, you'll be distressed. Why are you cast down oh my soul? Because you're watching the news. (laughs) Amen. Why are you cast down oh my soul? Because you're you're worried about your kids. You're worried about your grandkids. You're worried about your finances. You're worried about your your health. She said it. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look... At God, you'll be at rest. Amen. Amen? Because I'm not a, I'm just a simple preacher, but God's truth are, are, uh, applies to us all. Amen? And it's very real. Corinthians 5, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I like this, you know it. Psalm 8, he says, when I consider the heavens, do you look up at the stars and consider the heavens? You look at the sun, consider the heavens. He says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, talking about God here, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him or even consider him? The son of man you visit us him. God is so capable, so in charge. How many of you know just off the top of your head what the speed of light is? How, how fast is it? There you go, 180. 86,000 miles, did you hear what he said? A second. You Somebody zips by you, speed limit's 70 miles an hour, they go by 80, and you're like, man, they're going fast. Slow it down, Dad. All right? Um, but speed of light is 186,000 miles a second. They say, now scientists tell us a lot of things, facts, and we believe it by faith. By the way, they get on us for believing a lot of things by faith, but they believe everything came from nothing <laughs> and then nothing organized into something. And there's a lot of faith there in, in that agenda. Uh, truth of the matter is, um, but they do say 186,000 miles a second. They say, if you went 186,000 miles a second for 100,000 years, 100,000 years at 186,000 miles a second, that's only enough uh, time to get through the Milky Way galaxy. they say, just looked it up again this morning, I've I've said this for years, my wife can vouch, that they say on this planet, uh, for every grain of sand, that there are 10,000 stars in the observable universe. For every sandbox, every uh, desert, every ocean shore, every grain of sand on this planet, there's 10,000, 10,000 stars. But what does Isaiah chapter 30 say? He's called them all by name. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? We've got five uh, kids, five grandkids now, just like you. Sometimes I forget their name. <laughs> Usually I forget their name when I'm mad, right? <laughs> Amen? I mean, that's just the truth. We, we forget the... He's got all the stars named. Can you believe that or not? That's what the Bible says. The Milky Way, there's another just quick facts. We're going to move on. The Milky Way, scientists say that the Milky Way galaxy, and there's 400 billion galaxies, they say. They say the Milky Way galaxy travels through space at 130 miles per second, or in other words, 1.3 million miles an hour. Milky Way galaxy. You're not even getting sick, Right. <laughs> But scale it down a little bit. Our solar system of the nine planets, our solar system's moving through the Milky Way galaxy at 490,000 miles an hour. 490,000 miles an hour. Milky Way galaxy, 1.3 million miles an hour through space. We are 490,000 miles an hour going through the Milky Way galaxy. But guess what? I just did it yesterday, studying for this. You can pull up on Google this afternoon and see when the sun that warms us every day to the minute in 10,000 years when it will come over that hill. Did you just hear what I said? 10,000 years, God is so precise and so consistent that you can see to the minute when the sun's going to come over that hill. Somebody say amen to that. Listen, if God can do that, With us going through space at 1.3 million miles an hour and going uh, through the Milky Way galaxy at 490,000 miles an hour, but yet to the minute, (laughs) 10,000 years from now, God is precise. God is organized. And if you will, God is in very much control. So when you worry and you doubt and you stress, now I'm not putting all this into one big category and saying it's just if you can just pray it away. If you don't have a mineral vitamin deficiency and if you're not praying enough and trusting God enough, listen, it's sin. Why? Because you're trusting in your own ability. You've got a very capable God. Somebody say amen. You've got a very capable God who, is, who has planned all of these things and he's even planned your future. He loves you. He cares about you. You need him. You need him for so many things. You don't even for your very next breath, you need him. But you certainly need him on a day by day basis for your mental health. Amen. You do. So, if you're going to help your mental health, really focus on the big picture. Not, oh, somebody pulled out in front of me. Oh, man. My my cheese fell off my my fries, you know? You know what I'm saying? Just why are we so why are we so you know, burdened about the such smallest things. Honestly, when I'm around people like them, I'm like, oh, get me out of here. You know, <laughs> it's so, so small. And honestly, it's a, it's an I don't think it's an offense necessarily to God, but it's certainly a lack of faith. I gotta, I gotta move through these quicker. Number three, in order to help mend, repair, restore our mental health is meditate on the scriptures. Now, I didn't just say read the scriptures, didn't just say hear the scriptures. We said meditate on the scriptures. You know, uh, world meditation in the world, yoga whatever it may be, they say empty your mind, repeat this mantra a lot of times. It's a name for a a, a deity or a god or a demon. Empty your mind so you can be filled with the cosmos guess what? If you empty your mind, you'll be filled with whatever. Be very careful what you're filled with. Bible meditation is this. He says, think on these things. Think on these things. Fill your mind with these thoughts, these principles. God's in charge. He's awesome. You know, you don't have to remember those thoughts, stats I just said about the universe, but Psalm 19 says it better than I just did. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Not, day unto day, they utter speech. Night unto night, they utter knowledge. There is no language or voice where their, uh, their words are not heard. They're constantly God's preachers, reminders to you. What, what, should, what are they reminding you of? God's in charge. You see a star at night? God's in charge. You see a bird? God's in charge. You see a flower? God's in charge. We all got to be reminded of this, amen? We do. But you're going to have to remind yourself. Meditate on the scriptures. Proverbs 4 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. How many of you know this? Keep your heart, in other words, keep your your soul with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know why you struggle with life? Because your heart's not intact. First off, you're never your heart's never going to be intact if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're saved, guess what? You're a son and daughter of God. You are a direct creation of God now. You've been born again. And so once you are, you have the power. It's called the dynamite dunamis power to overcome and be who you are in Christ. You have that power. Uh, not your power, it's his power. But he says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. You need to watch what you ingest. Your movies, your movies, your social media, your music. Listen, if it doesn't glorify the Lord and if it tears you down, it's not necessarily just sexual things. It's not necessarily just uh, ungodly things. It's sometimes just things, (laughs) right? Uh, It's things that sometimes are just like beyond your control. It can be overwhelming. And I'm not saying put your head in the sand. What I am trying to say is look to God first, then look at the news, amen? Then you're gonna get a better perspective. He says the world passes away and the lust thereof. It's not going to last. Listen, I don't think God's a Democrat or Republican or independent. Don't shut me off here. (laughs) But what God is, he wants us to love all mankind. Amen. And he has put us in his word, standards of morality and truth. But listen, you are never, part of your anguish and stress, many of you are trying to make an unsaved person a godly, moral person. It will never happen. 1 Corinthians 2 says that the ungodly, the natural man specifically, the unsaved man in his natural state without Christ, will not even understand the things of the Spirit of God. And he says, they're foolishness unto him, neither can he even know them because they're spiritually discerned. That word spiritually discerned means spiritually appraised. If a woman looks at a ring, <laughs> she's like, hey, I like that. There's some value in that. A man, he's like, yeah, it's, it's okay, um, I, I've shared this for years. We've got a, one of my closest friends, a mechanic. I bought my wife a, our 25th anniversary ring a few years back. And I said, if I gave that ring to my mechanic friend, wonderful guy, great mechanic, but he's not a jewelry appraiser. <laughs> so he's not going to see the value in it, nor can he appraise its worth. Same thing with the ungodly, Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, they will never appropriately of value uh, what you're doing here today, that you give 10% of your money, that you pray, that you fast, that you uh, abstain from fleshly lust. They don't get that. They just do what comes naturally. doesn't mean they're bad people, mean people. In fact, they're sometimes more wonderful to be around than Christians. Truth. But they don't value spiritual things. Now, maybe pantheism, what's that? Well, everything's God. (laughs) You know, that's spiritual, but what we're talking about is the real truth. I'm going to preach about this tonight. I invite you back tonight um, uh, on Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is, Blessed is the man that walks not. One of my favorite passages, in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight... Is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. And guess what he says with that? He says, If he meditates day and night, if he reads it, memorizes it, and thinks about it, instead of, oh no, where's my finances going? Oh, no, Where's my family going? Oh, no, where's this country going? Oh, no, where's my health going? Instead of meditating on those things, you meditate on God's truth, that he's in charge, he's capable, it's his will, he's sovereign. We've got a part to play. There is no doubt about it. But when you meditate on the words of God day and night, he says, you will be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. He says, the ungodly are not so, but are like chaff. You know the difference, amen? Chaff is just that little piece of uh, outer kernel of any kind of seed, and it gets blown away. Life blows us away when we're not meditating on the Word of God. So one of those eternal truths that will help restore your soul is the Word of God. Another one that cannot, we've already talked about, number four, stay connected to the local church and other Christians. If you are not abiding in Christ through the local church, uh, let me share something with you. With you, the hunting strategy of every wild predator is to separate and isolate the prey, and then pick them off one at a time. That's what they do. In in this uh, chaotic, violent, um, physical world of animals outside of us, uh, the goal is to uh, separate and isolate, and that's exactly part of Satan's goal for 2020 not saying there's not a virus, not saying, what I am saying is the goal is to separate you and isolate you. So you'll starve uh, spiritually. So you will say, I didn't ever need the church anyhow. And maybe I didn't even need God. Bottom line is your mental health is going to tank. And many times you've seen it. Stay connected to the local church. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another. By the way, you can't consider one another from afar, hardly. <laughs> consider one another provoking into good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Number five, remember we're in a spiritual battle. This is probably one of the biggest. You are at war with an unseen enemy. You were born into this war. That's why, because of your flesh, you are tempted to do wrong. Every man's drawn away of his own lust and James says. But not only that, you have... Uh, Uh, demonic, malevolent enemies all around you every day of your life. And I like to read it. He says, um, Ephesians 6, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord, the power of His might. That's the dunamis power, dynamite power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We just kind of preached through this as a series and went a little deeper than you normally would. The goal of... uh, Greco-Roman wrestling, he says right here, for we wrestle not, verse 12, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The goal of Greco-Roman wrestling was not like normal wrestling. We had uh, four boys, one girl. All of our boys, it was was long Saturdays a lot of times, (laughs) wrestled. And so we'd start 6 o'clock on a Saturday morning, wrestle sometimes till 6 at night with all these different you know, tournaments you go to in little towns. But uh, normal wrestling and little guy wrestling, what they do, the, the, goal, the goal is to put the kids other kids' uh, shoulders on the mat and not let them up, right? That's called a pin. Greco-Roman wrestling, the goal was to stand. The goal, what they did, they stripped naked. Uh, they oiled themselves up. It's not a joke. <laughs> there was one goal that you could not grab certain things, Uh, but uh, not only that, the goal was to not get thrown and not get thrown down. And if you got thrown, get back up. If you get thrown down three times, the match is over. If you didn't get thrown uh, and you're through the other guy, obviously you would win. But this is what he says four times in the Armor of God passages right here. He says, stand, stand, stand. So the goal is to not get thrown down. It's to stand. Listen, if you've fallen 50 times, Get up 51 times. Amen. You've fallen 10 times. Get back up again. That has always been the goal for a Christian and a child of God. It's what he says in Proverbs. You'll know it now. He says a just man falls seven times, but he rises again. It says the wicked will fall into mischief. Why? Because they don't get up. You need to stay connected to the local church. You need the fellowship of one another. You need to realize you're in a spiritual war. A fellow said, not long ago I was walking in New York City when it began to rain. And I hadn't seen the weather reports, uh, so I had my umbrella ready. Several other people must have seen the report as well because they had their umbrellas too. But a good number of people didn't have umbrellas, causing them to rush around and looking for some place to find cover. Needless to say, they became miserable as the cold drenched them. Cold and rain drenched them. Being underneath an umbrella, this particular author says, being underneath an umbrella doesn't stop the rain. It simply stops the rain from stopping you. The umbrella doesn't still the storm. What the umbrella does is change the way in which this storm affects you. And so in kind, as Christians, standing firm in the armor of God and the truth of God and His Word doesn't stop the spiritual warfare from raging around you. It only defends you. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which do what? War against the soul. Why do you feel like quitting? Why do you feel like being defeated? Why do you feel like you're overcome? Because again, you're letting... uh, The demonic army affect your mind, and you're not filling yourself with God's truth. You're filling yourself with the world's truth, your expectations, whatever it is. And uh, listen, truth of the matter is, here's the wrong way to look at things. The Wrong way Christians even look at life is this way. My life is out of control. I feel helpless to cope with all the stress in my life. Raise your hand if you've ever thought that. All right. The right belief about that about life is this. God has allowed this stress in my life to bless me and reveal my weaknesses. I'm grateful for the pressure that has pressed me closer to God and caused me uh, caused caused me to allow Christ to be my strength. Do you see the paradigm shift, the difference? Is no this is everything life is out of control and it is terrible. No. Uh, God's in control, and He's using my weaknesses and the pressure to bring me closer to Him. The last two here, number six, abide in Christ. We've heard that if you've been a Christian for very long, or maybe grown up in church, you've said, "Yeah, that's what I do. I need to." He's the He's the vine or the tree trunk on the branches, and I need to be a part of Him. But do we really do it? Do we really live it? Do we really apply that truth? One of my favorite passages, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. You'll know it when I say it. He he says, wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. The discussion's always been, are they really looking down and observing us? Well, I think if they would, heaven would not be heaven. (laughs) But he says, we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, probably meaning that these, these men and women of God, even people you've known who know God and love Jesus Christ, They are the patriarchs who have paved the way. Be like them. But he says, we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight, every weight or encumbrance in the sin which does so easily beset us. Raise your hand if you ever deal with sin. All right. He says, lay it aside. Lay it aside. Lay aside every sin that does so easily beset us. And he says, and let us run with endurance or patience The race that is set before us, looking unto, what? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is right now set at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's verse 3. He says, Consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your souls. Why do we get overwhelmed? nobody's gone through what I've gone through. Life's tragic. Uh, God, why would you treat me so bad? Why would I have to go through everything I have? And guess what? There's somebody down the road who's got it 10 times worse than you. But listen, it's our natural thing. But what he's saying, make your focus Jesus. Consider what he went through and he did nothing to get it. Amen? But he did it for you. Guess what? Live your life for him to glorify him, whether or not the pain goes away, whether or not the finances get better, whether or not the country gets better. Bible says a country's going to get worse and worse. The world's going to get worse and worse. Realize that. Change it. Make it a paradigm shift. You were looking at it this way. No, look at it totally different. God's in charge. Quit complaining and belly aching. Uh, it, it, honestly, it's, it's sickening to other Christians. It's sickening to God. It's not faith. We all do it. <laughs> I'm not jumping down your case. We all do it. Amen? The British minister, W.E. Sangster, said he began to lose his voice. This is a century ago and and mobility in his mid-1950s. And uh, he had a disease that caused progressive muscular atrophy. And he recognized that the end was near, so he threw himself into writing and praying. In the midst of his suffering, he pleaded uh, to God, Let me stay in the struggle, Lord. I don't mind if I can no longer be the general. Uh, but give me just a regiment to lead. Sangster's voice eventually failed completely and his legs became useless. On Easter morning, just a few weeks before his death, he took a pen and shakily wrote uh, his daughter a letter. In it, he said this, it's terrible to wake up on Easter morning and have no voice to preach or shout anymore. I have no voice to shout he is risen. But he said this, listen to this. He said, but it would be still more terrible to have a voice and not want to shout. God loves you. Whether you can't lift, move your lips, move your legs, whatever, keep praising him. Keep honoring him. And I'm going to tell you what, your health will be restored if you abide, stay, make your residence in the vine, Jesus Christ. The last one, simple points, I, I understand but do we do them, <laughs> right? Do we live them? Do we apply them? Do we make them real in our life? By the way, every message is a gift from God, no matter who preaches it, if it's, if it's in the word of God because it's his truth. Um, and it's got, li- every part of it has a life-changing aspect to it. It just does. Eternity, an eternal aspect to it, but a life-changing aspect. Number seven, remember your purpose. It's to glorify God. Your purpose is not to, again, change people. Your purpose is not to uh, change the country. Your purpose is not to even change your children. Uh, Your purpose is not really even to change you. Your purpose is to glorify God. And when you glorify God, shine the light on him, yes, you will glorify him with your life. Yes, you will glorify him with your mind. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ constrains us or compels us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And he that died for all uh, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth or from here on out live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them. Your goal as a Christian is not to live for yourself. Was the last time you picked up the phone and say, hey, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? That's not my gifting. Too bad you're called to do it. <laughs> you're supposed to be a deacon. That's what a deacon is. It's a servant. They kick up dust. You know, you start it with your family, start it with people you love, but then guess what? You're going to start loving the people you didn't love because you serve them. That's the calling. Hereunto were you called, that Jesus left us an example we should follow his steps. But in doing that, Jesus says that. He says in John 15:8, by this or herein is my father glorified that you do what? bear much fruit. Can you look back at your life and see that there's been some fruit? I've learned, Dad, over the years that, you know, I sit with somebody. and I'm not, again, a, a professional counselor, but I've, uh, I'm thankful that I've been able to help with Don and I help a lot of people. Got a couple right here. Usually I want to hear their story, husband and wife in my office. and So I usually start with a guy and I say, well, tell me your story. Tell me, you know, your parent, how you were raised and your siblings and this and that. And tell me about your friends. You have a lot of friends over the years. So now I hear her story. Same thing, you know, parents, how you're raised, where you're raised, friends, and this and that. And you can get a, a quick um, understanding of their life for the last 20 years. He's got friends from the age of five. He went to uh, grade school with. He's close with his brothers and sisters and this and that. She um, doesn't have anybody close to her. Doesn't really have any friends or Uh, relatives that they're close to and so you can kind of quickly like the scripture says by their fruit you're going to know them real quick see that well she's been living this pattern for a lot of years of not keeping people close to her marking them off running away from them and now listen we're all going to have challenges in life and people run away from us and sometimes we want to run away from people Uh, they're just honestly they're toxic and cancerous but you can start real quick. Do you see what I, what we just did there? Just a real quick thing. And you've done that over and over and over through your life. But it's just a good study on that. Guess what? They're both. He needs to lead her uh, to get past that. But really, she's the problem. Uh, the marriage is the problem. But she's the problem because she keeps uh, people at bay. And she will not forgive. And she will not move past things. Well, what, what is the problem there? Well, by your fruit, you're going to know them. You've just seen a very clear instance of that. But maybe you're part of the problem. <laughs> I would say you are, and I would say I am, because our number one problem with mental health is our sin nature. Amen. We're sinners. We're sinners. When you think you're doing good, you're probably being as prideful as you ever, um, ever were. And listen, that's not take your knees out. It's just to remind you that in order to keep your health, mental health. Right, by my estimation, uh, all these things plus a hundred else. And it's not just going through the, the motions, but it's really truly abiding in Christ, getting in His Word, staying connected to the church, um, and uh, uh, acknowledging God, looking at eternal things right here, and realizing that you are God's and you were made for His glory. Amen. 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 Psalm 68 19 says, Blessed be the Lord God who daily loads us with benefits. He didn't say Jim Zeke. He didn't say Judy Fountain. He didn't say Don Zeke. Um, he, he didn't say just a few select. He says he, he daily, daily loads us with benefits. Amen. Amen? Even the God of our salvation. The last verse I'll share is this. It's actually my wife's favorite verse of all time. It's Isaiah 26, 3. It says, Thou wilt... Keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, whose mind or soul is focused and stayed resonating on God. He will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he or us trust in him, trust in thee, trust ye in the Lord, that's Jehovah, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. If you want peace, you're going to have to stay on him. You're not getting peace. Maybe the way uh, you've you, you, on your terms. You say, "Well, I go to church. I'll do this. Well, that's great." You're gonna have to crack open the Bible. You're gonna have to shut off Facebook. You're gonna have to shut off the TV. Uh, I'd say my mom—not a perfect woman—but from my earliest memory, she led me to Christ. At the age of ten, she's always had. I've seen her for years keeping her Bible open and reading it day by day by day. I don't say that just to promote her. I'm just saying that's. Uh, will bring some strength um, when you keep that as your focus. It was a long time ago somebody sought a picture for perfect peace. And not finding one that satisfied him, a man announced a contest to produce such a picture of peace. And the challenge stirred the imagination of artists everywhere, and paintings arrived from far and wide. Finally, the great day of revelation arrived and the judges uncovered one peaceful scene after the other, while the viewers clapped and cheered. The tensions grew. Only two pictures remained veiled. As a judge pulled the cover from the first picture, a hush fell over the crowd. A mirror-smooth lake reflected lacy green birches under a soft blue evening sky. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed safely and securely. Surely this was the winner. Surely this was the picture of peace. The man with the desire to find uh, the perfect picture of peace uncovered the second painting himself. And the crowd uh, gasped in surprise. Could this be peace? And in the picture was a tumultuous waterfall that was cascading down a rocky precipice. The crowd could almost feel its cold penetrating spray. Stormy gray clouds threatened to explode with lightning, wind, and rain. In the midst of the thundering noise and bitter chill, a small tree clung to the rocks on the edge of the waterfall. On one of its branches, reached out in front of the waterfall, very near its full power of the waterfall, on that little branch, feet from the raging waterfall, a little bird had built its nest. Content and undisturbed by her stormy surroundings, she quietly and calmly rested, on her eggs. With her eyes closed and her wings covered, her little ones, she manifested peace that transcends all earthly turmoil. Picture is, and the idea here is, peace is not the absence of the struggle. Peace is not everything perfect. Peace, Bible peace, the peace of God that passes understanding is peace even during the struggle even during the trial. And guess what? That's available to you through Christ. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.